Good morning, everyone. It is Sunday, the 5th of April, 2020. Unfortunately, we are still in splendid isolation, but nevertheless, we gather this morning to worship God. Wherever you are listening to this or watching this, whether you're home here in Northern Ireland or further afield, you are incredibly welcome with us. And we trust that you will hear the Lord's voice, that he will speak into your life and bring you comfort or challenge on this Lord's day. Let me make three announcements this morning. And the first is just to remind you of the daily updates that Alan Burke and I myself write every day. We put out a little devotion based on either a psalm or on a part of the Gospels. They're out Monday through to Saturday. And then Alan and I will preach on one of those passages on the Lord's Day. So check out our Facebook page, check out the Facebook page of Lasara Presbyterian Church. You can see Alan, he is like a skinnier me, bigger beard but a skinnier head. Uh, Alan is there preaching his wee heart out and I am here. So make use of those day-to-day -day resources and enjoy either me in the morning or Alan in the evening or vice versa or watch us back to back. But those sermons are there for you uh, to be blessed by and to be encouraged by uh, in these days of isolation. Also on Wednesday nights, uh, we are meeting together to pray, obviously not one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, we can't see the whites of each other's eyes, but we're meeting together. If you're in your house and I'm in mine, we're taking half seven to eight just to stop and to pray and to bring our concerns before the Lord. If you have anything that you'd like us to pray about, let me know via WhatsApp, email, text, whatever it might be, or, or get onto our Facebook and, and let us know there, and we will bring uh, your petitions and concerns before the King as well. And finally, just to say uh, that our church WhatsApp group is up and going. If you'd like to be added to that, again, let me know ASAP. Still plenty of space uh, for new members of that. Uh, just every day we... we pray for one another, we post prayer concerns, uh, the little music videos go up, little bits of encouragement, the devotions go on there too, just a way to keep in touch uh, as we are separated in these days of isolation. But those are all the announcements and we gather today to worship God. Our service today is going to think about Psalm 95. There was a little devotion written on it this week and also today I'm going to read it and I'm going to preach on it just here. It is a psalm that calls us to worship, and so I use it today for exactly that purpose. Here is what God says in Psalm 95. O come and let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. This is true. This psalm calls us to worship and we follow the Lord's voice and we do exactly that. We come to sing his praise. And our first song this morning is going to remind us that he is our God and we are the people of his pasture. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit, oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Him. For He knows us and He holds us in His hands. And His grace is Trials and temptations 
Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged Take it to the Lord in prayer Can we find a friend so faithful Who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every Let us bow before the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Father, we have heard your voice this morning and your voice has invited us to come, to come and to sing to the Lord, to make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation to come into your presence with thanksgiving and to make a joyful noise to you with songs of praise. Father, we have heard your voice and we obey it. We come today, not all the way to this church for obvious reasons, but we come to living rooms and conservatories and lounges and offices all across this land and world. We come, we gather, and we come to praise your wonderful name. And Father, if anyone is not sure why we would do such a thing in these days of difficulty, then you tell us in Psalm 95. We praise you. We worship you. We gather before you because you are a great God and a great King above all the other so-called gods. Father, we are humbled by that. That the Lord God Almighty who made the stars in the sky and the moon that shines on us at night. The Lord God Almighty who made everything that has ever been made calls us to come before him and to sing his praise. Father, most of us have never been invited to the White House. Most of us have never shaken hands with the royalty or prime minister. And yet today such invitations are not necessary because as men and women of faith, the Lord himself speaks into our lives and says, come, come, come and worship, come and sing, come and leave aside every weight and worry of this week. 
Come and listen to my word read and preached. Come before me, my children. Come and meet with me. Come and remind yourself of what is truly important. And so, Lord God, we do exactly that. We come. We stop. Even with 101 different worries. Even with a thousand reasons not to be bothered today. We're tired, Lord. We're frustrated, Father. We're, we're worried. But Lord, even with all that weight upon us, we come seeking rest for our souls. Father, you know our hearts today. You, Lord God, know the weight that they carry. You know our sin. Father, we ask that you would forgive us. We ask that you would lift these weights from us. And for the next hour, Lord, we obey your voice. And we come to sing unto the Lord. And so, Lord God, as has been our tradition over these past few weeks, separated by miles but united in faith, we pray together the prayer that the Lord taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, boys and girls. Good morning. Good to see you, boys and girls. Uh, I hope you're making the most of your time at home and doing what your mum and dad tell you to do. I hope you're not causing them too many troubles. But, boys and girls, honestly, I also hope you are trying new things. A long time ago, a wise man once sang, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. I'll leave it there. But boys and girls, I have had a wee bit more time in my hands over the past few weeks and I have decided that I too believe I can fly. And I am going to try lots of new things this week. I'm going to try baking. Would anybody like another one of my homemade bagels? No. Hmm. Uh, and I'm going to try DIY. Just been getting a wee shelf up on the wall here in the garage, boys and girls, doing a bit of DIY. Uh, I, think it, I think it's straight. Is it? Uh, I can't play any instrument, boys and girls. So I'm going to try learning a musical instrument. I can fly, I believe I can touch the sky, sing a bird every night of day, spread my wings and fly away, chicken pie for dinner, I believe in chicken pie tonight. 
And let's be honest, boys and girls, all of us could use a little bit more exercise. So this is the time that I'm going to get myself fit. Trampoline, trampoline, I'm getting fit on the trampoline. Trampoline, trampoline, I'm getting fit on the trampoline. I believe I can fly, but not really, boys and girls. I can't fly. I can't do all things. No matter how hard I try over this time of isolation, probably I'm not going to get too much better at the things I already can't do. Hmm. But tell me this, boys and girls, and tell me no more. Do you remember last week? Do you remember seven days ago? Do you remember I told you to look into my eyes? Do you remember I got you to touch, touch the screens and all of that? What was the word, boys and girls, that I was trying to teach you? Do you remember? Do you remember? Oh! Don't shout all at once. Calm yourself. Cool your jets. One at a time. One person. There you go. Omnipresent. It means that God is everywhere all at once. God is on the moon, he's on earth, he's in Spain, he's in France, he's here, omnipresent. And the way we did that, omnipresent. Well, boys and girls, there's another omni that I'm going to teach you today, and it's this. Omnipotent. Show your muscles, look at those guns. Welcome to the gun show, boys and girls. Omnipotent. It means that God is all-powerful. It means that God can do all things. I can't do that. You can't do that. But God can do that. God is able to do all things. We see that in the psalm, boys and girls. We started the service with Psalm 95, and here's what it says about our God. The Lord is a great God and a great King above all the other so-called gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains are his, the sea is his for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Boys and girls, wow. If that is true, and it absolutely is, our God is able to do all things. Our God is omnipotent. Yes, he is. All-powerful, omnipotent, omnipotent. You may hear the fancier members of the community talking about. He is omnipotent, Francis. Yes, he is, John. Thank you very much. Let's go to Seinfeld for some tea. Omnipotent. He's omnipotent. That's who our God is. But boys and girls, before we sing, I also want you to know that there are some things that God cannot do. And you might think, well, whoa, 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 hold on a minute there, Scott. Hold on, I, I, I've just come up to the TV to make sure you're telling the truth. Are you really telling me that there's some things that God can't do? That sounds like absolute madness. Boys and girls, Calm your little selves again. Don't get all worked up. It's true. Our God is omnipotent, omnipotent. He can do all things, but he cannot. He cannot tell a lie. He cannot sin. He cannot be tempted by evil. He cannot break a promise. Our God is not able to do these things. Our God is omnipotent, omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He can do all that he pleases, but he cannot do anything that goes against his character. He cannot do anything that goes against who he is. He is good. He is holy. He is amazing. Our God is omnipotent. He can do all things, but not the things that go against his character. Boys and girls, try and remember that. Our God is omnipotent. And he is also omnipresent. 
And God willing, this time next week, there's another omni that I'll be teaching you as we try to learn about our God in these times of isolation. But boys and girls, we're now going to sing. Uh, this is a new song. Uh, it is called Here or There. Uh, Nick's going to sing it for us. The words will hopefully come up on the screen. But it's a great song. It tells us about how powerful our God is. He knows where you are. He's watching over you. He never gets tired. He never, ever sleeps. Boys and girls, let's sing God's praise. Our omnipotent and omnipresent God. Let's sing. If I'm here or there In my best clothes or my underwear If I'm sick or fine Out with my mates or in for bath time God knows where I am Can he be trusted? Yes he can He's watching over me Never gets tired or falls asleep I'm locked in my house Like a box of frogs or quiet as a mouse If I lose and I'm mad Like little Miss Prissy or Jack the Lad God knows where I am Can he be trusted? Yes he can He's watching over me Never gets tired or falls asleep about me and he tells me that he cares more power than superman he's everywhere god knows all i am can be trusted yes he can he's watching over me never gets tired or falls asleep Psalm 95 has been our call to worship today and we've also used it in our opening prayers. Let's read it together now and as I've said to you in previous weeks, wherever you're watching or listening, that's fine, but get your Bible out, read along with us and, and keep it open as the word is preached. Let's go to the Psalms, let's go to Psalm 95 and this is the word of God. O come and let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Amen. And we thank God today for the reading of his word. Probably like me over these past few days, you have realized that all of this self-isolation has made us sort of lose track of time and places and dates and things. Every day that once had its own structure and its own rhythm, suddenly it gets lost. Monday feels like Thursday, Saturday feels like Tuesday. Every single day just fades into the next one. Isolation is driving us crazy. 
And probably there are things that you miss dearly. Maybe you are like me and you are counting the minutes until you get back to the gym. Maybe you miss the coffee shop. Maybe Wednesday afternoon was always your time to meet up with your sister to, to talk and put the world to rights. Maybe you miss the walks. Montalto, the beach, the streets of Balnehinch, even out with Fido, your faithful companion. And that's not your wife, that's your wee dog. Every day, out for a wee walk, a wee dander, and you can't do it anymore. And even when you do go out and you go to the shops, you have to keep a distance. You're standing in queues a good two metres behind everybody else. It feels weird, it feels strange, and, and, and isolation at times feels like we're just going crazy. There are many things that we miss. But let me ask you a wee question. When all of this is over, when isolation comes to a close, what's going to be the first thing that you do? Maybe you'll be down the road to McDonald's. Maybe you have a hunger and a thirst in your belly for chicken McNuggets. Maybe you're looking forward to sport returning. You miss the football. You, you once again want to stand up for those Ulster men. Maybe, do you know what? Your ideals are a wee bit loftier than most and you're just going to go and see your granny and you're going to give her the biggest hug that you've given her in your life. Things have changed. Isolation is causing life just to seem like one massive big blob of time that we are struggling to keep track of, but it will come to an end and there will be a time that we will get back to things that we've always taken for granted. And one of those, I think, is church. I've talked to a few people this week about how we think that the coronavirus is going to have a good impact on this world. We know that it's a pandemic, we know that people are sick, we, we know that people are losing their lives, but by the grace of God we will learn from it and there will be changes put in place in our lives and in society. Even this week in the wee devotion that I've written on Psalm 95, I said exactly that. I said that there will be good that comes out of this coronavirus. And I hope and I pray that one of the things, one of the good things that will come out of coronavirus will be that you and I have a deeper wonder and thanks in our heart for the gift of God that is the local church. See, what we do Sunday by Sunday, often we take it for granted. Church has been part of our lives forever. Even in my own case, I was saved 20 years ago, but even before I was saved, I was going to churches. I was going to meetings. I didn't want to go. I was dragged along half the time, but I was going to church. It has always been a part of my life. I pray that it will always be a part of my life. And I suspect that it is, as an old teacher once told me, Scott, familiarity breeds contempt. I wonder sometimes when it comes to the local church and our gatherings week after week, have we grown to despise the ordinary things of God? I hope that when the days come, when the doors open again, and this isolation has been lifted and you and I are allowed our liberty and freedom once more, I hope the first Sunday that we gather back into places like this, it is filled with joy and excitement and enthusiasm and anticipation for the things of God that we have taken for granted because in places like this, week after week after week, something extraordinary happens. We're so used to it that maybe we've grown to despise it. So used to it that maybe we just take it for granted. But, but next time it happens, next time we're in a building like this one and we see our old friends and our loved ones and people that we've walked alongside in the world for decades, when we hear the word read and preached once more, when we sing the praises unto God, when the church of God gathers once more, may we realize that what we do here on a weekly basis isn't just church, but it's church. The people of God, heeding his call to come before him with thanksgiving and songs of praise. The church isn't an idea 
thought up by John Calvin of the Presbyterians. The church doesn't belong to the Baptists. The Anglicans didn't invent the church. The church is the people of God, the men and women who have trusted in Christ as their saviour. It began back in the book of Genesis. It continues to this very day. The bride of Christ is the people of God for whom Jesus died. And we will see glory and we will be with him forever. And so what we do on a Sunday by Sunday basis, little gatherings like this one all around the country, they are little glimpses of that which is to come, which is where we will be with one another singing praises unto the king in the presence of Jesus. That's what we've got to look forward to. My friends, I hope and pray that one of the good things that comes out of this time of pandemic is that we have a hunger and thirst again, a fire in our bellies again to be with God's people singing his praise. And why do we do it? Because he has called us to do it. Psalm 95 begins in verse 1 with the Lord saying to us, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. The Lord in his word, in this psalm, calls us to come, to gather, to meet. Throughout his word, he he tells us that this is what is expected of us. We are not to give up meeting together, as is the habit of some, but a marker of the Christian life, the Christian faith, is that we walk together week after week after week. We follow the call of God, the command of God, and we come before him. And today we do that. You in your small corner and me in mine. As I preach this into my wee iPad and as I look behind it, there's nobody there. There's nobody there at all. But folks, whether I'm here and whether you are there, that doesn't matter. Today we've stopped for a wee minute and we've gathered ourselves together and we've come to do things that we've always done, always taken for granted, but may we see that they are more precious than gold. We come to worship called by God himself. We come to worship. But as you listen to this, perhaps you think, Scott, I hear you. I hear this call. I know that church isn't just church, but it's, it's special, it's wonderful. It is, it is the means by which God is going to bring the gospel to the nations. I get all of that, Scott, but to be honest with you, see after the week I've had, I don't feel like doing this. I don't wanna go and sing. I don't wanna sit down and, and pray on my sofa. If someone asks, yeah, I'll say I'll watch the video, but I don't really mean it because it's not in me at the moment. Some of you are brokenhearted. You've had a marriage that has fallen to bits. Some of you are in the midst of sickness, and I'm not talking coronavirus. Your sickness goes back a year, 18 months. Bad news for you. Seems to have been stacked upon the bad news. You don't want to sing. It's hard to be with the people of God. It's hard to go to your local fellowship. You put on a brave face, you smile and nod like you're supposed to, but inside, you'd rather be anywhere else. My friends, if you feel like that today, then you're not on your own. A long time ago in Psalm 137, the people of God said something similar. They'd been carried away from their own land, their own place. They'd been taken into exile in Babylon. And there in Babylon, they sat down and wept. It says, the famous Boney M once sang by the rivers of Babylon. They sat down, they wept because they remembered home. And on the willows, they hung up their lyres because their captives were mocking them and tormenting them. They said, sing, sing, bring us a song. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And they asked the question, how will we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? My friends, at the minute, 
Northern Ireland feels like a foreign land. You walk down your street just now and there's no one about. Balnehinch, the town that we are in, well, usually it's snarled up with traffic. The, the traffic is out that way and up that way and round about. You can't get moving. See, at the minute, any time of the day or night, the traffic runs freely. You go down into Belfast, there's nobody around. We're all self-isolating. Northern Ireland at the minute, this familiar old place, it feels like a foreign land. But in a deeper way for you, you, you really look at your spiritual self. You look at the disappointments and the worries and the fears that you carry and you love the Lord. But at the minute, you don't feel like praising the Lord because you feel, Lord, I'm in a foreign land and I have been for generations. And it seems that you don't care and you don't answer my prayers. Lord, what am I to do? What am I to do? God's people singing in Babylon ask that question. And even when God's people don't ask that question, maybe our tormentors will. In 2 Peter 3, verses 3 to 4, Peter says that in the last days, scoffers will come with scoffing, following their own sinful desires, and they will say to us, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Where is your God, church? Where is your God? We have been asked that, haven't we? We have been asked that in the past few days. Where is your God? And as new laws come into force in our land here in Northern Ireland, new laws enforcing abortion on this land of ours that I'm glad to say for a long, long time stood against the evils of abortion. Things have changed. And Northern Ireland today feels like that foreign land. And so as we watch and listen, the brokenhearted who for a long time now have not felt like praising, or those of us that watch the news and hear the scoffs of the scoffers and, and we wonder, is, is all we can do, is, is all we're going to do, Praise. My brothers and sisters, the response of the Christian church to the storms in our lives or to the storms in this world, the response of the Christian church has always to be to heed the call of God to come and to gather before him and to seek his face and to hear his voice. This has always been our response. Always. And even as Western Christians here in Northern Ireland today, you and me, we're not used to dark days like this. We have been conditioned to believe that everything is always going to be good for us. People come and visit our churches and they tell us about the, the difficulties the church experiences over in another part of the world. And secretly we think to ourselves, Whoo, at least it's not me. What do we do in the face of turmoil in our lives? What do we do in the face of hostility in this world? What do we do in the face of our own sinfulness and our own desire for days of comfort once again? What do we do? The Lord says, come. Come, my people. Come and sing unto me. Come and make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Come into my presence with thanksgiving. Come and make a joyful noise to the Lord with songs of praise. My children, gather before me. Hear me speak. Hear my word preached. Hear the gospel. See it at the table and in the waters of baptism. My children, come. Come and worship. And even as the storm rages, come and worship in the middle of the storm. My children, come and listen to my voice. Do not despise the ordinary things of God because what we do here Sunday by Sunday by Sunday is of incredible significance. And may the Lord forgive us if we have ever placed a meeting of the church here and meeting with our sister-in-law and Dobies here as well. There's nothing like this. Nothing like the people of God gathering, the ecclesia, the fellowship, the church. Nothing like it 
when we hear his voice and we take him at his word and we come. And why do we do it? Why do we get up out of our bed when all we want to do is pull the covers up a wee bit higher? Why do we do it when, when it seems that the world is out of control and God is on the back foot? He's not, but it seems that maybe he is. Why do we do it? When maybe sinfully we have become to believe as Christians even, oh, I'll get nothing there anyway. I'm tired of listening to that preacher. I'm tired of singing those new songs. I'm tired of singing those old songs. Why do we do it? Why do we make a point of putting everything to one side for a few moments, Sunday by Sunday by Sunday? Why? Psalm 95 tells us. We do it in verse 3. For the Lord is a great God. He is a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. This is why we do it. We do it because as the church of Jesus Christ, we know, we understand, we believe that no one or nothing compares to our God. No one or nothing can come even close to the magnificence and majesty of our king. He is above all other so-called gods out there in the world and in there in our hearts. He is above them all. He is the one who has made the beauty in this earth. He has cast the stars into space. He has made the moon in the sky for us to marvel at. He has made the waves to go in and to come back out. He is the one who has done this. Our God has done this. The brokenhearted who, who struggle to worship. Those who fear the world and think, what's the point? And struggle to worship. Those who've taken all of this for granted and, and hold it in a low account. Why do we do it? Because we come to meet with the Lord and there is no one like him. No one touches him. And this is the reality. My friends, if you and I were awarded an OBE or an MBE or CBE or DOE or whatever, OE, bleed, bleed, whatever, we'd get all dressed up. We'd get all spruced up, wouldn't we? We'd have a shower. We'd even put on aftershave. Do you know that bottle that you were bought in 1982? We'd dust it off and squirt it everywhere we could. That's what we'd do. We'd go and meet Her Majesty. We'd go and shake hands with the Prime Minister. We'd even go up to Stormont just for the night. That's what we like, isn't it? Friends, none of those imaginary meetings come close to the privilege of the children of God to respond to his call to come before him and to worship. There is no one like him. There is no one like him. And if we're struggling to sing a joyful song in this foreign land, then may we remember who it is we come before. One of my favorite passages in the Word of God comes in the book of Job. If you have time today, read it for yourself. Read Job 38, read Job 39, read the Lord's response. To Job, the Lord speaks to him and says, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you will make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements, says the Lord? Surely you know. Who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? Have you entered into the springs of the sea, says the Lord? Have you walked in the recesses of the deep, says the Lord? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, says the Lord? Or have the gates of deep darkness been revealed to you, says the Lord? Do you know the ordinances of heaven? 
Can you establish their rule on earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightning that they will come to you and say, here we are. My brothers, can you do it? Can Boris do it? Can the queen do it? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts, says the Lord. Or given understanding to the mind, says the Lord. Do you know when the mountain goats give birth, says the Lord. Do you observe the calving of the doves, says the Lord. Can you number the months that they fulfill, says the Lord. And do you know the time that they will give birth, says the Lord. And we do not know these things, but we know the one who does. And every single week, every single time we hear his voice, come and worship, come and meet with me. My brothers and sisters, what a joy privilege it is to be called believers, to be called Christians, to be called part of the church of Jesus Christ, where he says to us, come, come, come and worship, come and meet, come and sing, come and praise, come and hear me speak, come, here is the privilege of worship, and here is why when All of this is said and done. I hope there is a hunger in our bellies to get back up the road. To whatever fellowship you call your own fellowship, to whatever church you call your home, to get there at the command of God, to meet the people of God, to experience the things of God, and to sing on to him a joyful noise. To come into his presence with thanksgiving. Because he is a great God. And a king above all gods. Deep down we know this, don't we? Somewhere within we know this. We've heard a story for years now. A story that we've heard so often that, may God forgive us, but it's become a little bit routine. We've heard about how a father sent a son. And we've heard what that son went through. And we've heard the humiliation he experienced. And we've heard about him riding triumphant into Jerusalem. It's Palm Sunday after all, and we know what comes next. There's, there's Pilate and the Romans and, and the Jews and a cross and a hill and a tomb, and he rises again. And we know all of this story, but, but it's become so familiar that maybe it's been a long time since we've actually heard it properly. My brothers and sisters, this morning you should be here. We should be telling the kids about Palm Sunday. We should be waving palm branches in the air. And this week coming, we should be meeting with other brothers and sisters throughout this town, worshiping in different buildings with Christians of all kinds of different backgrounds. We should be doing that this week. And in seven days' time, we should be here again. We should be getting up early to go and think about the empty tomb. We should be going and and meeting with brothers and sisters on Easter Sunday and singing, Jesus is alive. And yet this year, it doesn't happen. And by his grace and by his mercy, may the Lord make the absence of those things cause us to stop and to reflect a wee minute and to remember that this story may be familiar, but it is glorious. God the Father sent his only Son. He received the name Jesus, for he would save his people from their sin. And this Jesus rode into Jerusalem and soon found himself standing in front of Pilate. And the witnesses' stories would not agree and they lied about him and they mocked him and jeered him. And then they led him away to a cruel and wicked cross and they nailed him there. And even as he hung there dying, they still mocked him. They still laughed at him. Even the two men crucified one on his right and one on his left. They did exactly the same thing. 
They mocked, they laughed, they scorned. One of them changed his ways. The Spirit came and changed this man's heart. And he called upon the Lord to remember him. And even in those final moments, Jesus said, I will remember you. Today you will be with me in paradise. And when the Lord had died, they placed his body in a tomb. And he lay there for three days. And on the third day, the stone was rolled away. And Jesus Christ, our Lord, was raised again from the dead. A familiar story, people of God. A familiar story church of Christ but how amazing and how glorious this is this is who our God is a great God above all the other so called gods this is who our God is and how do we respond we come we bow before him we sing his praise we come. Eden Grove. May you and me rediscover in these days where it seems that everything has changed and we live in a foreign land. May you and me discover as a church that the things of God are unspeakably glorious. And the privilege of meeting together at his call is the highest privilege we have ever had in our lives. The Lord says to us, come. But he closes this psalm by warning us. He tells us in verse 7, he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand what a privilege it is to be a Christian what a privilege it is to be able to say in life that God is my shepherd your shepherd we are the sheep of his pasture he feeds us and cares for us and protects us and guards us what a privilege it is that these things are true about us. But my friends, as I close this service today and this sermon, the Lord speaks to you. You see, when the church gathers to worship God, they gather by faith in Christ. We do not come on to the Lord Demanding that he listens to us. Demanding that he accepts whatever we serve up to him. Because after all, we're doing him a favor coming to these buildings and paying into those wee baskets. That's not how we come. Not a bit of it. We come by faith. We have trusted Christ. We have received him by faith. We have turned away from our sins. We have received Christ as our Savior by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. We are saved. We are redeemed by these things. That is how we come. Not with arrogance. Not with pride. Not with any sense of, of somehow turning God into an idol where he will do what we command of him. We come by faith. And today, regardless of the storms in your life, if you do not belong to Jesus, if you are not a man or woman of faith, then there's your pressing engagement. There's the need of this hour for you. The Lord speaks directly to you. Today you hear God's voice. Today you hear his word read and preached. Today you have heard the Lord speaking into your life. And today the Lord says to you, Today if you hear my voice, says the Lord, then do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness. Verse 8, he says to you today, my friends, 
If you're watching this on Facebook because you've got nothing else to do, if you're watching this because your granny sent it to you on a CD and you said you'd listen to it and you're scared of your granny, if you're just being a wee bit nosy online and you've suddenly come across this guy with a beard shouting at you, today if you hear the voice of the Lord, do not harden your hearts to it. Do not just say, what's the point? He's not worth it. I'm not listening to that old Christian stuff. I don't need it in my life. Do not harden your hearts. My friends, the reality of coronavirus is that it has come among us and it has shaken us to our core and it has shown us our frailty. And if that is where you are, then lift your eyes to Jesus because without him, no one will be saved. There's where we are today or at least where we need to be. The Lord says, if you hear me, and you have, if you hear me, and you have, then do not harden your heart to the things of God. The people of God a long time ago did exactly that. In this psalm we read of Meribah and Massa, and we can read the stories of that in Exodus 17 and also in Numbers 20 where the people of God quarreled amongst themselves and grumbled against the Lord and said, we need some water. We need something to drink. Where is our God? They almost even said, let's let's get Moses, let's stone him. Let's, Let's stone Moses to death, the man of God. Let's get rid of him. We should have stayed in Egypt, at least with food and water there. And they had seen the things of God. They had seen the Lord's work amongst them. And yet they still put the Lord to the test. They still put the Lord to the proof, verse 9, though they had seen his work. The Lord says, do not be like this. Today, if you hear my voice, today, if you hear my word, today, if you hear it preached, do not be like this. Do not harden your hearts like this. For 40 years, says the Lord, I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Do not be like this, says the Lord. Do not harden your heart, says the Lord. Because verse 11, I swore in my wrath, says God, they shall not enter my rest. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Do not quarrel against the Lord. Do not grumble against him. Do not treat his bride, the church, with contempt. Do not treat his word read and preached as if it's just another speech from somebody that might have a wee bit of truth, but probably not. Today, if you hear God's voice, then do something about it. The Apostle Paul, writing in 1 Corinthians 10, tells us that the stories that we've read in Exodus 17, Numbers 20, and indeed all that happened to the Old Testament church uh, is there for our benefit. He says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate the same spiritual food and they all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. Jesus was amongst his bride, the church. And yet, verse 5, nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. They were supposed to be on their way to the promised land. They were supposed to cross the border into the land of milk and honey. But this generation, because of their quarreling spirit, because they were angry and grumbling against the Lord, they didn't see the promised land. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. Not even Moses got to cross over to the promised land. My friends, understand today. Everyone wants to go to heaven. But only those who have trusted in Christ as their saviour actually will. Today, if you have heard the Lord's voice, 
then come to Jesus. Do not harden your heart, but come to Jesus. These things happen to the people of old as an example, written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. And just as the end of ages has come upon us and this generation, so too today we know that Christ has come. He came and dwelt among us. He came to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday all those years ago. He came and was forced to stand before Pilate. He came to Calvary where he was nailed to a wicked and cruel cross. This Jesus who came in humiliation died for our sins and was placed in a tomb. And his followers came to the tomb and discovered it empty. This is what Jesus has done for us. This is why he came for our sake. And therefore, today, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. And therefore, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, Jesus, who knew no sin, was made to be sin, so that in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. God says, in a favourable time, I listen to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. My friends, understand today, God has called you. Called you to repentance and faith in Jesus. God has called you to receive his son. God has called you to receive the son who has come and is coming and he has called you today not to harden your hearts but to do something with this good news. Now is the favourable time and now is the day of salvation. And so my friends, Today God has called us to come. Church of Christ, sing new songs unto your Lord today. For I suspect we have forgotten just how awesome he is. Enemy of Christ. Today God calls you to receive the Son by faith. And surely you will be saved. You've heard the Lord speak to church and to those outside. He says, come. Amen. Our final song today is about how many reasons we've got to praise God. In the storm, in the good days, in the bad days, we have 10,000 reasons and 10,000 more. Let's sing to God's praise, 10,000 Reasons.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be ours now and forevermore. Amen.